0: I'm Monsignor Bill Parent, pastor of St. Elizabeth Church, and you're listening to the St. Elizabeth Church Podcast. This episode is one of five talks by our parish clergy from our 2021 Lenten series, Three Simple Things Truth, Accountability, and Transparency in Our Church and Nation. Here is the fourth talk in this series by Father Stefan Magyuri, recorded live on Tuesday, March 16th. A reading from the book of Exodus. When the people saw that Moses was delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, come, make us a God who will go before us. As for that man Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has happened to him. Aaron replied, take off the golden earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He received the offering and fashioning it with a tool made of molten calf. Then they cried out, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. On seeing this, Aaron built an altar in front of the calf and proclaimed, tomorrow is a feast of the Lord. Early the next day, the people sacrificed burnt offerings and brought communion sacrifices. Then they sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The word of the Lord. You, truth is relative. They may have a different version of the truth than we do. This astoundingly audacious and surprisingly honest statement was made by the former mayor of New York, Rudolf Giuliani, in 2018. Truth is relative. Whenever we open the newspaper, whenever we listen to the news on the radio or watch television, it seems to us that Giuliani is right. There is no absolute truth. But while in the political arena, we might have gotten used to professional politicians who treat truth with, con- with contempt and will try to sell us anything as truth only in order to get our votes, In the last couple of months and years, we have had to learn that even in those areas from which we have believed since our upbringing, that they definitely contain absolute truths, that even there, those truths do not seem to be as absolute as we deemed them to be. Just look at sciences and our experiences during this pandemic. There seem to be as many truths as there are self-proclaimed experts. Absolute numbers and statistics, something we would normally consider to be ambiguous, unambiguous and clear, suddenly have become the object of heated debates between all kinds of scientists and wannabe scientists, using, or better, abusing these data only to prove their own theories and opinions. And we can find this on both sides of the spectrum, Some are using data to convince us of the immediate necessity and efficacy of lockdown measures. Others, the same data to relativize or simply repudiate any necessity to act at all. Depending on which side you see yourself, you can easily find enough studies claiming to tell the truth you like. Yes, it seems that at the end, Winston Churchill, the British Prime Minister, was right when he famously claimed that the only statistics you can trust are the ones you have falsified yourself. Furthermore, it seems to me that, our elite, that for our elite's power has become sacred and truth only meaningless and changeable. Indeed, let me clarify this. Truth seems to have become just a vehicle, an instrument to prevail over an opponent, an instrument that can be used or rather misused in ways that benefit one's own positions. And next to this contemptuous treatment of truth, next to this twisting and abusing of truth for one's own benefit, our elites also develop an almost impenetrable and very convincing defense strategy that actually helps them to eradicate all questions concerning the truth Error that no one can criticize or attack the self-legitimizing sacredness of their power. Whenever whenever the elites find themselves attacked by us, whenever we try to hold them accountable, they turn the table on us and accuse us. They They would point the finger at us and accuse us that when we speak about the truth, we would arrogantly put ourselves in the position of possessing the truth But so they argue, by claiming to possess the truth, we would become dangerous agents of totalitarianism, whereas they, in contrast, suddenly appear as the shining defender of our liberal freedom. How often do our political elites counter any criticism by referring to the fact that it is them who are part of the democratic system that they are the ones whose power after all, is legitimized by the number of votes they gained in the last elections, that their decisions are legitimized by the majority that they represent, a majority, of course, that they previously created and manipulated with great effort. They ask us who would give us the mandate to stand in their way and to allow ourselves to question their actions. Just wait for the next elections, they tell us, only to show us what kind of insignificant minority we are. Yes, truth truth is relative. Giuliani's mocking verdict about truth, and be assured I could have easily found similar statements from Democrats as well, lead us back to the situation in the Praetorium in Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago, to this moment when Jesus was standing in front of Pilate. I'm sure we still hear Pilate's question, What is truth? A question that seems more important than ever. Have you ever asked yourself why Jesus, after his resurrection, did not show himself to Pilate? Why didn't he just appear to Pilate in order to show him, Hey Pilate, you asked, What is truth? Here, look at me, I am the truth. By doing so, Jesus could have made clear to this Roman bureaucrat and to all of us that those power-seeking politicians, that all those disciples of Pilate will never have the last word, and that their mockery of truth will be silenced through Christ's victory forever. I I suggest that it is because Jesus entrusted us with this task. Yes, I think that Jesus Christ asked us to be witnesses to the truth, witnesses in whatever circumstances and situations there are with all the consequences that this entails. And I'm talking not only about those stigmata received by those whose testimony of the truth led them to martyrdom, no, I'm also talking about the everyday stigmata that we get used to and that we have to accept as something normal on the path of discipleship, the stigmata of those who, in the eyes of the world, have not properly lined up those who are different. But in a world in which truth has come under attack, yes, in which the very existence of truth is questioned, being witnesses of this truth is more important than ever. Especially because it seems that our democracy with all its checks and balances, all its mechanism, is not in a position to guarantee the freedom of its society. Yes, I think democracy can only help to guarantee freedom when there are people in this society who give witnesses to the truth, who think and freely discuss the truth. Therefore, in order to to uphold our freedom, we must never conform to what Pilate and our elites in politics and society exemplify through their treatment of truth for their own benefit and power. To guarantee our freedom, it is necessary that we constantly raise our voices, that we constantly question our elites' treatment of power by our reference to, by pointing to truth itself. Yes, being witnesses, To the truth means holding up a mirror of this truth to our elites. But are we doing this? Lent is a good time to reflect how we are doing as witnesses of the truth. Let me ask two simple questions. First, of those of you who would consider themselves conservative, maybe Republicans, maybe even Trump voters when was the last time you actually conceded that a democratic politician made a good argument? And I'm not talking about agreeing to their policies, but merely acknowledging that the other side has a valid point. And conversely, if you consider yourself a Democrat, a liberal, maybe even a Biden voter, when was the last time you agreed with anything that any Republican politician said. What I have experienced in my few years living here in this country is an alarming polarization, not only among the elites, but especially among all of us. I have experienced a poisonousness in our relations with each other that has contaminated our discourses. While on the one side some demonize the other side as traitors and potential socialists trying to ruin our country, those on the other side vilify the first group as diehard racist nationalists. And brothers and sisters, I think if we reflect on our own behavior, then we have to admit that only too often we think of ourselves as people who know it better, know it all, who are in in possession of the truth. We could be no more wrong. When Pilate asked about the truth, what did Jesus do? Do you remember? He remained silent, offered nothing. No theories, no opinions, no definitions, no ideologies. But in his silence, In his powerlessness, later perfected in his crucifixion, truth is revealed, perhaps for the first and for the last time, not contaminated with any connections and compromises with power and self-centered interests. Brothers and sisters, in Christ crucified, we see truth as the true mirror in which the world, in which humanity, and in which God shows themselves, himself, as they really are. If Jesus conquered Pilate's question for the truth with his humiliation on the cross, who are we to claim that we are in possession of the truth? Yes, it seems to me that by doing so, we even make a worse mistake than Pilate did. Pilate just asked a question, but we claim to possess something we will never be able to possess. Truth is Jesus Christ. Truth is a person. How can we claim to possess the truth without also claiming to possess Christ? How can we possess Christ without making him an object of our thinking, of our considerations, of our world? But, brothers, this does by claiming to possess the truth, we take Christ. We take him who is truth and twist and turn him, mold him and form him into something he is not, our own truth. And when we are doing this, we actually have done nothing else than the Israelites did in our reading. We have made our own idols. Yes, we have formed our own molten calves. And while the molten calf of the Israelites was made of gold, and precious stones, our molten calves are made of our opinions, of our beliefs, of our preconceptions, and prejudices. And we all have formed our own personal molten calf, our own truth. And yes, we are very good at that, and we are still doing it. Let us be honest with ourselves. We only look for this information, those facts that assure and affirm us in our idolatry, that resemble our molten calves. Yes, we even lock ourselves up in those small echo chambers where we listen only to what promotes our favorite narratives, read only what confirms our biases, echo chambers in which, like the Israelites, we worship our personal fabricated molten calf, this idol of our truth where we even dance around it and protect it jealously. Just ask yourself how you react if someone questions your opinions, if someone challenges your beliefs, yes, if your preconceptions come under attack. How eager, yes, how adamant are we in defending our views, how quick and energetic are we in protecting our molten calf, our twisted truth, Because it is our God, our object of worship, our idol that gives us safety and security. But how can we be real witnesses of the truth, witnesses that our society needs so desperately when we ourselves have become slaves of our own molten calves, when we ourselves have become blind to the real truth? Have we not become like those elites we want to hold accountable? Yes, we need to hold accountable. Brothers and sisters, we are not. And let me emphasize this. We are not owners of the truth. And our faith even forbids us strictly to pretend to be anything like it. If we truly believe that Jesus Christ is the truth, and only he could say it of himself, I am the truth, And when we confess our belief in Christ, then we admit that we are not Christ, that we are not the truth. And therefore, we must resist any temptation to act as the owner of the truth or even monopolists of the truth. We do not own Christ. What we seem to have forgotten is that the object of our belief is not a possession but an obligation. Christ asked us, yes, he calls us to follow him by seeking the truth and by never giving up the seeking. Martin Luther grasped this truth when he wrote, life is lived not by possessing God, but by searching for him. We constantly have to look for, we constantly have to ask for, yes, we constantly have to seek for the truth because where someone has stopped doing that, he will fall back, he will even lose what he has found. Brothers and sisters, to identify with the truth and to impersonate the owner of the truth is as much a sin as to cease to be interested in the truth or to doubt the existence of the one truth. Truth does not only make a claim on others, but above all, it makes a claim on ourselves the external struggle with those who despise, despise the truth and the wounds that we may suffer in this fight must never be used as an excuse to shy away from our eternal struggle to seek the truth. The truth will set you free, Jesus says. Setting us free for what? The truth will set us free to tread the path from ourselves to the other and back and thus acknowledge our shared history from both our and their perspective, instead of isolating ourselves and stubbornly and proudly persist on our own absolutized and idolized truth. The truth will set us free to live our life in fullness and thus become witnesses to Christ who is truth, instead of producing our own truths and imposing them onto others. Brothers and sisters, tonight sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament, we gaze on the face of Jesus Christ, the one who alone is the truth. Truth is here, right before our eyes. But are we able to see it? Are we able to acknowledge it? Are we able to see Him? Or are we so full of ourselves, so focused on our little golden calves, on our own truths? that we are blind to see. But if we are blind, how dare we point the finger to our elites? How dare we accuse them of twisting the truth, of abusing the truth, of abandoning the truth? Hypocrites. Hypocrites. These were the words of Jesus rebuking the Pharisees and scribes, the elites of his time. Hypocrites. His words resonate throughout history. Yes, we all are hypocrites. How dare we apply a standard on others, a standard we ourselves are unwilling to follow. Remove the beam from your eye first, then you will see clearly to remove the splinter from your brother's eye. Therefore, brothers and sisters, let us get rid of our own molten calves first let us get rid of our fabricated truths first. How do we do this? How can we liberate ourselves from our idols, our molten casts, Only by surrendering to the one who is truth. Only by surrendering to Jesus Christ. Lay down your life. This is the first request Jesus makes when describing true discipleship. Lay down your life with all your wonderful opinions, all your beloved and well-kept prejudices, all your ideologies, and all your carefully fabricated truths. Lay them down in front of Jesus Christ. If only we stop worshipping our false idols, stop to present only our own fabricated truths. If only we stop to constantly seek only our personal benefits and selfish interests, stop to enforce our power and fame, if only we start constantly seeking for the truth both in our hearts and in the places of the world, then, only then, we will start participating in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. We'll start participating in his call to heal and set the world free through him who is truth. Surrender everything, what you have and what you are, to the Lord. So that ultimately you are able to say with St. Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And only then, only then, when our molten calves are burned in the fire of God's truth and grounded down to powder, when we have left our echo chambers and have received back our sight, when we have returned to the path of constantly seeking Christ only then we can become like the voice crying out in the wilderness in the wilderness the voice that questions the voice that discusses the voice that fights for the one real truth the voice that this world so desperately needs